For Jesus doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's totally, he's always totally himself. I love that. He's always totally himself. He is who he says he is. He does what he says he does, and he has what he says he has. So when we talk about this idea, I want to just delve into this on Jesus of yesterday, Jesus of today, and then Jesus of tomorrow and how that affects our lives. There's a principle in the scripture, and uh, we won't take time to go through all of it, but you remember the story about Lazarus, how that Lazarus had died, um, how that he had two sisters, Mary and Martha, right? And Lazarus dies, and Jesus is late getting to where he's at, so he passed away, and they have put him in the grave. He's already been in there for a couple of days, and uh, the stone has been put over the cover of his tomb. And so there's grieving going on. Jesus comes into the situation, and he comes fully intending when he arrives to raise Lazarus from the dead. That was his, He knew what he was going to do when he got there. You know, God already knows what he's going to do. He's not trying to figure out what he's going to do, going to do, excuse me, he is already, he's not wishy-washy. He knows exactly what he was going to do. And he got there. And even though that things didn't go the way that Mary and Martha thought they were going to go, the outcome was going to be exactly what they wanted to have. And that was their brother Lazarus back in their lives. So when we look at this, we talk about the Jesus of yesterday, this Lazarus effect, and it shows up, and I, I, I think this is really important for you and I to recognize this, John eleven twenty one, where it talks about where Jesus is ministering to the family, shows up, and Martha, in verse 21 in John eleven twenty one, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And you know that as she's laying this out before him, you know, what she's really saying is, look, Lord, you let me down. You really let me down if you'd have been here. And in fact, if you look at verse 32, it says the same, Mary said the same thing. And then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How often in our lives have we all at one point or another wondered where in the world is the Lord? Where is God? I remember when my daughter Angeline was in her uh, bike, had her bike wreck. And I sat at the end of her bed and she had lost five of her permanent teeth, had snapped her jaw completely, all kinds of low. I mean, I cried and cried. But part of me was so angry and hurt at God that he let that happen because I was upset. Now, look, I... You know, it's funny because we say, why did God let that happen? Well, one, God gives us free will. Angeline did something she wasn't supposed to do. Just like Adam and Eve did something they weren't supposed to do. And I know at times we're like, well, God, you should have stopped that from happening. You shouldn't have let that happen, you know. Because I told God, I said, I'm, Sharon and I both, we, we both said, we're under a covenant with you, Lord, and we expect you to protect, you know, no plague or calamity. Now, look, that's all true. But when people are disobedient, there is, an, an, look, you can't stop that from happening. You can't, God's not going to come down and go, well, I know that's what you choose to do, but I'm not going to let that happen. 
fact, he may bring some things across their path that try to stop them from, do, you know, to, to show them signs, just like he did with Balaam. You know, when Balaam was trying to curse Israel, God stopped him. In fact, he put an angel in the middle of the road to try to stop him. But look, when it came down to it, he couldn't just go in and say, I'm going to change your will, Balaam. He could just change the environment so that Balaam could make a better decision. That's how you need to pray, right? That's how we pray for people. God doesn't come in and say, we're not puppets where God just comes in and takes control. And so they're mad. They're upset. I was upset. I was frustrated. I sat at the end of the bed and I just got, I got told God, I said, I don't know where you are. I've been preaching your word. You know, and you know how we do as Christians that we remind God about how good we've been. Okay, maybe you've never done that. But when you face tragedy, you can get in this place like, you know, Lord, I go to church. And back then we were going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I've never missed a service. I preached your word. I almost died in the Philippines. I mean, God, I've been faithful. I've lived for you. I've laid down my life for you. Where are you? Right? See, that's where Mary and Martha was. And that's really one of the things that can affect us is that we, when we look back in our lives, in our yesterdays with Jesus, that there can be pain in there of disappointment where we're looking at things in our life saying, Lord, where were you at? Why didn't you help me? Why didn't you fix this? Now, the Lord helped me while I sat at the end of that bed. And I got the victory through all of that. Praise God, here I am today. I didn't let that take me out and I didn't let it affect my faith long term. But, you know, sometimes we do get shaken. The Bible says that the righteous will fall seven times, but they will arise, right? They're going to get back up. doesn't say you won't deal with difficulty, but you will get back up and you will go forward. You will go forward. Martha and Mary are struggling here because they're seeing Jesus only in a past reflection, a bad reflection of you weren't here when I needed you the most. You could have fixed this. And maybe you're here today and you feel that way in some part of your life where you're looking back. And I want you to know that if you don't watch out, and we'll talk a little bit about this in a minute, that what has happened can rob you from what can happen right now. Some reflection that you have of disappointment, of that Jesus didn't do what you wanted in your life. He wasn't there for you in your midnight hour that, that actually can keep you in bondage. These two people could not move forward, Mary and Martha, until they, you know, Jesus didn't stand there. And it, you would think he would have said, well, you know, look, I was busy. I had stuff going on. It's okay. What did Jesus say to them when he showed up? He said, he will rise up. This is going to change. Now, see, when when you are carrying a bad past reflection of Jesus, it is hard to hear what Jesus is saying. They did not hear what he said. He said, Your, Lazarus will live. And their response back was, no, no, wait. That, we know that there's a day coming when that'll happen, but that isn't what he said. If Jesus says that it'll live, if they'll live, then have faith in what Jesus has said. See, this Lazarus effect I deal with believers that are still carrying stuff from that happened, that went wrong. They've left church or they've walked away from God or they're stumbling kind of through their Christian faith in their life because they're still dealing with something that happened in their past. Well, someone hurt me. Well, someone betrayed me. Well, let me tell you, and I'm not trying to be mean, but look, you need to suck it up and move on. They moved on. Why don't you move on?
You know, why didn't God stop me from being molested as a kid? He had a plan for my life. That wasn't part of that plan. Why didn't he just intervene? Why didn't he just have somebody get in the way of all of that happening? It wasn't that God was saying to me, well, I don't love you and I want you to go through this or this is part of the experiences I want you to go through in life. That's baloney. There's a mean devil and a mean world out there that wants to destroy your future. And when bad things happen in your life, it's not God who's letting us down. It's the world system that's letting us down. It's the world system that's letting us down. And it can affect your faith. It can affect how you look at things because you're still carrying the last disappointment with you that happened or the last thing that took place and you're not moving forward because you're still stuck. Even though you might hear the word of faith, you might hear what God is trying to say, you might hear him say, I'm going to do this in your life. You're still carrying around that past reflection of, yeah, but, yeah, but. It's time to bury the yeah, but. And move forward. You cannot just look at Jesus through a past reflection. We have to remember that even though he was that way yesterday, that may have appeared that he wasn't there for us yesterday, he was always there. I love the old, you know, it's, it's the, you've seen it, um, the picture of the footprints in the sand, obviously, that's well known. And it, you know, Lord, where were you in my difficult time? I only see one you know, one set of footprints, one set of footprints. And the Lord said, that's when I carried you. That's when I carried you. And I love the one, though, that somebody added to it, and it says, well, what are those drag marks? And he says, that's where I dragged you through it so that you would keep moving forward. Sometimes God has to drag us through stuff. We just don't want to, we don't want to deal with it. But look, if we, if we allow what has happened to take control of our lives, we will miss what God wants to do today. We'll miss what God wants to do today. We'll live our lives in fear that it could all happen again. And look, what you're afraid of, you're destined to repeat. You're destined to act towards it. So you'll continue to have this level of doubt and unbelief towards that this could actually happen because of this past reflection of disappointment. You say, well, pastor, have you ever been disappointed? A ton of times. A ton of times. But I know this. Better to look at what the Word says than to look at what my disappointment tries to say. Because the Word will lead me where God is today, not to where God, where I thought God was yesterday. Let me make a couple of points with this. One, your past does not define you. It does not define you. So many people let that, you know, what they've done. Why well, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not an alcoholic. You're a redeemed individual who's been set free from alcohol. Well, I was a drug addict. Well, look, you were a drug addict, but you're not a drug addict anymore. Right? I mean, I love what AA does, but I do not like the idea of us sitting in a room telling everybody, hi, my name's Richard, I'm an alcoholic. Because that's who I was. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. And what you identify with is what you will become. That's worth repeating. What you identify with is what you will become. If you don't like what you're becoming, stop identifying with what you're identifying with. 
Start identifying with that, that attitude, you know, those thoughts. And it does, it affects everything about our lives. It affects how we conduct ourselves. It, it affects how we talk to others about ourselves. It affects how we talk to ourselves about ourselves. Your, fa- your past does not define you unless you let it. If you let it, it will. Number two, past circumstances can't be changed. You cannot change what has happened. It's done. It's in the past. You cannot change past circumstances, but you can change you. You can change you. I love what John Wooden, the great UCLA basketball coach, would tell his players. Don't live in the past. You can't do anything about the past. It will never change whether it's yesterday or last year. The future is yet to be determined and can be influenced by what you do today. Today is the only day that really matters. I don't know if you're watching the Masters at all. I love golf. You know, I'm big time. I love to golf. And uh, I'm going to tell you why I love to golf. Because golf is a reflection of life in so many ways. Because if you watched yesterday, you know, Tiger Woods has come back. He's really, I mean, it's a pretty miraculous thing of what he's been able to do considering the injuries that he sustained. And... He's had two really great rounds. I mean, he did really good for two days. He started Thursday, Friday. He had two rounds. I think he was one over. Well, yesterday, he's gets, things start falling apart in his game. Maybe you've felt this in your life. Things are starting to fall apart. I mean, in it, I'm, when I talk about falling apart, any of you that golf, he got on one hole and he three-putted. And that's like in the PGA, that's a total... Now, for me, that's a, not a bad thing, okay? But for, for Tiger Woods, that's really, really bad okay and I mean you could see that he was mad and he went to the next hole and he hit the ball and he came up short and he and he tried to break his club actually because he was so angry about it but watch what happens he knows that no matter how bad it's going right now there's still another hole to play And what you have to learn to do in golf, we have to learn to do in life. you got to shake off and move forward. You can't let your mind, well, I missed that last putt. I'll probably miss this putt. Guess what? You will miss this next putt. But see, those who are successful, those who overcome in life, are those who do not allow their past reflections and disappointments control the next hole or the next game or the next opportunity that comes to them. I'm preaching way better than you're shouting. You know, you can't let, you have to, you have, so when I golf, man, I could have a terrible hole. And I always tell Larry's my golf partner, and I'll say, Larry, well, we just got a great opportunity to do good on the next hole. Because look, here's the thing, and remember this, there's always going to be a next hole. There always will be. Well, I got fired. Well, there's another job, Right? Well, I went through divorce. Well, there's another person out there. Don't, worry, don't let that bind you up. Well, that relationship broke. Uh, so what? Is that the end? Is that it? Are we done? Because here's how it could end. He could just said, you know, Tiger yesterday could have just said, I quit. I'm out. My legs hurt. I'm done. I make one. And you know how it is. You do this. I do this. You escalate a gazillion excuses why this is a good time to quit. I'm tired, it's raining, the sun is in my eyes, my nose is running, I don't feel so great, I might have a temperature. 
Look, I meet people like this all the time, and they've already convinced themselves because of something that went wrong that now the next thing is going to go wrong. That's what COVID's trying to do to people. I mean, look at it. They're not going to let it go. They're not, I'm telling you right now, it is not going to get let go in society. There will always be somebody going, there's a new variant. Now, it's not as bad as the last variant, but there's another variant. And it looks more like a cold, but it's really not a cold. But, right? But you need to get these 30 injections, you know, so that you, look, they're not going to let it go, I'm just telling you. For the next 10 years, we're going to be hearing about COVID. And people will be talking about it, and they'll post the death rates. You know, so never, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not making this as a political thing, okay, because that's, that's not what I'm about. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're posting all the coronavirus deaths, but they don't post any of the flu deaths right? Or the automobile accidents or any, look, there's tons of things that are happening all the time where, and, I, and I'm not belittling anybody that's died from COVID. I'm just saying that why has that got to be the center of attention? Because what it does is it keeps us in a constant cycle of, now listen to me because this is really, really, really going to help you. It will keep you in a constant cycle of disengagement. It will keep you in it because you will not want to engage in life because of the fear of, I could get it again, or I could get it, or, well, if I do. It's a spiritual thing, I'm telling you right now. It's an oppression that's working against people. We need to recognize it for what it is, stand up against it. I don't care whether you get the vaccines or not. That's, you know, I, I mean, I've gotten flu shots before, so I don't care about that part of it. What I do care about is, is that when it turns into an oppression against your life, and here's what happens. See, the enemy takes something that has happened in your life and oppresses you with it the rest of your life. You can't change past circumstances, but you can change. Well, in this Lazarus effect, what happens is, is that they're dwelling on a past Jesus. You know, they're talking about the Jesus of yesterday. And then they revert. They change. It shifts gears. And this is so interesting here because in John eleven twenty three, and Jesus said to her, look, your brother's going to rise again. I mean, he, he told her, he said, he's going to live. It's going to be okay. I'm here. All right. I'm here. I'm here. He'll rise again. And Martha said to him, well, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, what she does is that she takes what the word of power that's being revealed to her that your brother will live again, and she interprets it into a future event that someday will happen in the resurrection. And that's where they try to take Jesus from not just in the yesterday, but the Jesus of tomorrow. That, well, someday. And I meet believers that are just like this. They're they're waiting for the rapture. Someday when we can get out of here. Well, when I'm in heaven, I'll finally have peace. When I'm in heaven, I'll finally have victory. When I'm in heaven, I finally will be well. And look, it, don't wait for heaven to start the journey to be well now. Don't wait until someday. I call it someday syndrome. Someday, someday I'll do this. Someday things will be better. Someday I'll get debt free. Someday. 
And look, someday will never come unless it becomes about today. Today. You remember, and if you've ever watched this movie, it's one of my favorites to watch, not the, not the R-rated version, but the TV version, and uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Anybody seen that movie? And it's such a great movie. And Andy Dufresne, the guy in the movie, the key character in it, he has a pal named Red in the movie. And uh, they're sitting in the prison yard. And Andy looks at it, He says, it comes down to one simple decision. And I love this. He says, either get busy living or get busy dying. Get busy living or get busy dying. He said, my life had taken an unexpected and unpleasant turn, but it was not over I decided it's time to get busy living. Get busy living. What are you doing? Are you getting busy living or are you getting busy dying? Are you setting yourself up for failure or are you setting yourself up to overcome? Because that's God's plan. God, you, you say, well, you know, I mean, look, remember, Jesus is in the room, right? I mean, we're not talking in this Lazarus effect. Jesus isn't like sent a note to them and said, your brother will live again. He's standing right there. He's standing right there. But see how that something from our past can jump way past our present into our future. And then we begin to say, well, someday that could happen in my life. Look, I, wanna, I want you to think about this. You know, Chuck talked about what are you believing for? What's your miracle that you're standing in faith for? Don't live your life in a someday syndrome because that's not what faith is. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, he's the same, and here's where we want to get to, that he's the same today. And he's the same forever in our tomorrows. Faith is now, faith is not tomorrow. When is it mine? Now. Do you think of how that changes how you talk about your life, how you talk about your kids, how you talk about your future, when you take it from a someday or you take it from uh, it couldn't happen because of something in the past and you bring it to today and say, it's mine right now. It's mine right now. I want you to watch this in verse uh, chapter 11, verse 25 through 26 of John. Jesus said to her, and I love this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, I absolutely love this, this word when he says, I am, okay? Because I am is not, I was. I am is not, I will be. I am is, I am right now. Are you with me? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will, you might, though you might die, you will live. Jesus said to her, I am. You know, last night, if you caught it, it's, it's on so late I had to go to bed. It was too late for me. But uh, the Ten Commandments was on last night. You know, and Moses is ticked. I mean, Moses is mad at God. I mean, whenever Moses starts realizing that he has an opportunity to talk to God, his response is, I'm going to ask God why he doesn't care about his people. That's what he says. I'm going to ask God why he lets his people stay in bondage. 
And so he gets in the presence of God. You know, he's on the mountain and he's up there and God says, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. And Moses says to God in the, in the movie, he says, and God, why? Why? Where have you been? And why haven't you delivered your people? And did you notice that, that God never responded to that, to that at all? He said, look, man, here's the thing. Take off your shoes. I am your God. I am that I am is the way he responds to it. What he's trying to say is, look, stop thinking about what happened or what's been going on and start thinking about right now. I am. When we talk about God as the today God, you know, the book tells, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that it's now faith. It's not tomorrow faith. It's not yesterday faith. It's not I'm preaching way better than you're shouting right now. It's now faith. Today, right this minute, right this second. When does the miracle start? Right now. Not tomorrow when you begin to see the results. That's just the harvest of the now thing you're doing in your life. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. Now, today. See, we cannot allow a reflection of the past, uh, some conceived idea about where was God, where was Jesus, to rob us and take away our future. We have to realize that the way we impact our lives, the way God wants to impact our lives, is, is that he wants to be the great I am. I am that I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am. And you know, it's, it's, it's funny how we, at times, um, that we do this with the Lord because we'll say, well, I'm standing on the word, right? I'm standing on the word. Well, let's remember something here. The word are not just words. They're a person. They're a person. I am standing on Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. You know, when we sing that and sing, I have joy in chaos, how can you have joy in chaos? Because it is on the person of Christ who I totally and absolutely trust with my life, the resurrection and the life. Now, all of the things that we read of in Scripture are taken from the attitude, should be taken from the attitude that that's the living Christ speaking to me talking to me. And that's how faith comes. You can't just have faith because you memorize something. You've memorized tons of stuff that has had no effect on you. Hickory dickory dock. The mouse. The clock struck. And what happened? Yeah, see? Humpty Dumpty. You've, like I said, you've memorized tons of stuff. See, and if you just memorize Scripture without the person of Christ in it, then it's just stuff you've memorized. But when we memorize, when we learn the Word of God, taken as the great I am is speaking to our life, that there's a person that's behind that Word, that has all the power of the universe at his disposal, who is, who is the creator of heaven and earth, that all things are held together through him who has created all these things, that, that his very being, you and I don't even think about this. You know, they don't have any kind of explanation why that chair you're sitting in stays together. 
They don't know why. Why those atoms just to go poof apart. Yeah, atomic glue, yes. They don't know. You know why they don't know? Because the word, the Bible tells us that it is through the word of God that all these things were created. The, 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 the sub, the, they wouldn't even, there wouldn't be any substance without his speaking it forth. And they're there because they're held together by this force that they can't even explain what it is and they don't know why. And it's really interesting if you really, and I don't have time to get into this today, but if you really dig into it, it looks exactly like a cross that's inside of there that's holding all those things together. All things, the Bible says, are held together by him. All things. Because he is, I am. And we can set the rest of our lives wondering why. You're talking about the, what your perception of the I was. We could talk all about the future and say, well, you know, someday when this life is over, I'm flying away, I'm out of here, it'd be good, I'll be over. No more pain, no more on and on. Now you're just talking about the I will be. But if you want to experience the victory of Christ in your life, he has to become the I am right now. I am the resurrection and the life. Stand with me if you would. Hallelujah. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I came up for prayer and, and I had some of the guys pray, pray over me and, and uh, um, I was having some problems with my with my throat and it was pretty rough I mean I was having some pain there that uh, was concerning and um, so I said guys I want you to pray for me and I told him how I wanted him to pray I want you to pray that this this goes away I want you to pray it's that it'll be gone out of my this this because it felt like it was a lymph node that was having some issues and I said I just want to pray I want you to pray so they laid hands on me and they began to declare now look I didn't go well we'll see what happens guys Here's what you say. If you believe it, you say, that I receive this right now in the name of Jesus, it is mine. And if somebody asks you, well, how do you feel? I feel like what the word says is true. You say, well, that's rude. Well, look, you respond how you want to respond. You want to give some kind of empathy to some kind of a thing or sympathy to it, but I feel like the word is true. You say, well, is it still hurt? Hey, that doesn't matter if it still hurts because what I know is the I am is at work because he said he would be at work in my body. Amen. Now, faith is. Now, praise the Lord. Charlie, if you want to, are you doing this today? And uh, so, look, if you're struggling physically and uh, it's time to pray in faith, it's time to believe in faith and say, I received this in my body now now the circumstances will change but get your mind off of the tomorrow get your mind off the past and get it on the jesus of the now thank you